Welcome to Agape Ministries Podcasts, a whole new way of thinking. Episode 140, part one of the teaching given by Mary Byrne, entitled Clothed in Power. Um, I'm going to be talking about actually the power of the Holy Spirit and a prophecy that was given in Bethlehem and maybe we'll pray for that power at the end to come upon us you know so maybe we'll just start with a wee prayer and we just ask you Father in Jesus name now to send your Holy Spirit send your spirit into every word spoken and into the listening and Lord, guide us, guide us in your spirit always. And we place this session this afternoon just completely under the guidance and the care of the Spirit of God. Amen. Amen. So I don't know how many of you have heard about the Leaders Prophetic Conference in Bethlehem. You've all heard. Oh, that's brilliant. That is great. Well, it's, it happened last November... 12 months and I feel that there hasn't been a response to it and that's why I felt the Holy Spirit was asking me to do something about it here today because you know power is so important I was just thinking it last night because I was looking for a hair dryer to dry my hair and when I took it out it worked for a few minutes and then it stopped so I thought it's still a hair dryer but there ain't no power there and it's not going to dry my hair so we need the power of the Holy Spirit um, when in our little prayer meeting in Mohollen County Leitrim, it used to be really vibrant, really powerful. Um, it still is in a way, but it began to get diluted, you know, and the praise wasn't quite as strong and as powerful as it used to be. And we prayed about it. And a friend of mine, Fanola, who was very prophetic, said she had been praying. And she said, it's as simple as this. The Lord is saying, pray for the power of the Holy Spirit. Just do that. And that was before the Bethlehem Conference. And we'll talk about that in a minute. So I want to talk about the power of the Holy Spirit. Father Emiliano Tardif, that some of you may have heard of, he's now with the Lord. He had a powerful healing ministry. And he once was taken to visit a huge hydroelectric complex in Paraguay. It supplied electricity and power to the whole country of Paraguay, to parts of Argentina and Brazil as well. There were hundreds of workers working there. And when he came out, he noticed that the little cottages of the workers were lit by candlelight, right next to the power, but they were lit by candlelight because the lines to connect the houses to the power were not put in. Well, now the lines are in us. We were baptized. The spirit came to dwell on us. But sometimes we don't switch on all switches. You know, in the main cooker, you can have the main switch on and then you might turn one ring on to cook something and then another. But it's not giving full power until it's fully switched on. And in the world today, the power of the Holy Spirit needs to be seen. The power of love, first of all, of course, but the power gifts of the Holy Spirit as well. 
let's just take a little trip back. I don't know if there's anybody here who was around when the Holy Spirit was poured out in Duquesne University in 1967 into the Catholic Church. But, um, you know, if you go back then, nobody expected this outpouring of the Holy Spirit. It was unplanned. Nobody knew that it was going to happen like this, you know. God, in his great mercy, was pouring out rivers of living water into the Catholic Church, into the other churches before that, the Pentecostal Church at the turn of the previous century. The power was being poured out. People were given gifts of the Holy Spirit. They really didn't even know how to use them, you know? Uh, gifts of prophecy and tongues and healing and miracles. And Jesus did say to the disciples before he ascended to heaven, he said, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. They didn't know what he meant. Neither did we, but the power was poured out. And it is the power to love. It's the power to be gentle. It's the power to forgive. It's the power to be merciful. But it's also the power gifts of the Holy Spirit, such as praying for people for healing under the guidance of the Holy Spirit, of course. Prophecy, miracles, word of knowledge, all of these gifts that are mentioned in 1 Corinthians in our scripture. So God poured out his spirit and these gifts came alive in people's lives. The word of God came alive and it began to be preached with power and assurance and authority that hadn't happened, you know, for quite some time before that. And, you know, what had always, an image came to my mind at the time, and I always think of this image. Do you remember in Acts 3, where the cripple was at the gate beautiful, and he was sitting there with his back to the temple, and he was holding his begging bowl. And I felt that what was happening was that just like the cripple at the gate beautiful, we jumped up when the power of the Holy Spirit came upon us. We dropped the begging bowls of our neediness and we knew that there was no need for any Christian to remain powerless. We knew our inheritance as children of God. We really knew that the Spirit lived within me as within you, as within the holiest person or the least holy person. The Spirit of God was dwelling within us. The same power, Romans 8 says, that raised Jesus from the dead. How amazing. But you know, with any move of God, we're inclined to kind of narrow it down and dilute it and make it kind of comfortable for ourselves and put barriers around what God can do. What I really feel, and I'm just feeling it now, that God is saying is, open up to all that I want to do in you. You've got the power of the Spirit dwelling in you. And as Archbishop Ramirez said, he said, you know, the world will only come to belief in Jesus. They're tired of words about Jesus. They need to see him in action, in unity, which I'll be speaking about tomorrow as well. At the beginning of the renewal in the Catholic Church, many of you know Francis Hogan, who is a wonderful scripture teacher. Well, Francis was in the States and um, there was a big prayer meeting. She said at a conservative estimate, there were about 300 people at this particular prayer meeting. And she said they were praising God. And just as the, um, you're welcome, as they were praising God, there came a sweeping move of the Holy Spirit 
into the hole where they were and about one third of the people just fell to the ground under the power of the Holy Spirit. And then sometime later another sweep and a third sweep of the power of the Holy Spirit until all of them were lying on the ground and she said the most amazing um, praise was rising from the ground to heaven beautifully in harmony in the power of the Holy Spirit. And then she said she had come in with a friend, an Irish friend of hers, who she knew for a fact could only speak Irish and English. And she looked over and to her amazement, this friend who had never been at anything like this before was evangelizing a man from China in Cantonese. <laughs> And she said, I mean, it sounds amazing, you know, but we need to really widen the parameters of our thinking, I think, you know. She said how she knew it was Cantonese, she didn't know either, you know. <laughs> but the power of the Holy Spirit was in the place. Now, I'm going to say something that some people, it's not my quote, it's a quote from Karl Rahner, that you might think is quite tough, but I think there's some truth in it. He says that if we are really, really honest, we would have to admit that to a terrifying degree, we're a spiritually lifeless church. Now, he said, the reason he gives is because he says that most people have not experienced within the power and the presence and the gifts of the Holy Spirit. You know, and he says, and so we seem to be like a church without Pentecost. I think there's a lot of truth in it because I know I was brought up a Catholic, went to a convent school, believed absolutely in God, went to Mass every Sunday, but God was at the distance out there and I didn't know anything about the Holy Spirit until I was baptised in the Holy Spirit. So just in passing, I didn't mean to say this, but those of us who have been baptised in the Holy Spirit, we really need to be bringing the offer of that baptism in the Holy Spirit out to wherever we can, not keeping it in this, I go to a place, the first time I went there, I'll tell you a funny story about it. I go every year, more or less, and um, the same people are there. They're looking up at me. Now, that's fine because God can do what he likes and who knows why they're there, and that's perfectly lovely that they're there. But there's no change. There is no... Maybe I shouldn't say that because I don't know what God is doing in people's lives, you know. But the first night I went there, I was really gobsmacked because I went at about 8 o'clock... By half past ten, I still hadn't stood up to give the talk. I had been doused with holy water. I had every devotion that ever, which are beautiful devotions, had been said. And by the time I got up to stand at the front, the two men in the front were snoring. <laughs> so I thought, gee, what do I do here? Do I wake them up, you know, or what? But, you know, we just need to really open up to all that God wants to do. Cardinal Soonans once said, he said, we're all average Christians, but that does not mean we're normal Christians. We're abnormal, handicapped children of God because we have not allowed the Holy Spirit to do his full work in us. And I think that's why I prayed about what I'd say here at this workshop. You know, I don't even know how to give a workshop. I don't know if this is a workshop, but, um, you know, I just felt that God is trying to let it make us think bigger and to really open up to receive everything that the Holy Spirit wants to give, you know? Um, do you remember in Acts 19, Paul went to Ephesus 
And the minute he got there, the first question he said to the guys in Ephesus was, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you first believed? Now, why would he have said that unless he noticed there was something missing, that there was a power shortage, you know? And Peter Kreeft writes in one of his wonderful books, he says, if Paul came back today, he thinks he would ask exactly the same question to many of our churches as well. You know, uh, did you receive? Because where, where's the evidence if you did? And then Peter Kreeft goes on to say, how is it that 12 disciples could convert the known world and millions and millions and millions of us Christians can't do the same thing? You know, we really, again, I'm repeating myself, and I certainly need to open myself to the full power of the Holy Spirit, because life is very short, you know, and um, why not let God use us in whatever way he wants to use us, really, you know. Um, back in, oh, I might have been in the 70s sometime, at a, a conference in Rome, near, in the early days, God spoke and he said, you need wisdom from me that you do not have. You need the power of my spirit in a way that you have not possessed it. And I think that's still relevant today. It may not be in your part of the world, but in my part of the world, it certainly is. We need the power of the Holy Spirit. And you know, as Father Pat was saying, too many times in the renewal, we've watered things down by making our own plans and saying, now, they might be very good plans. This is what we're going to do. We're going to have a conference here. We're going to have a renewal day there. And it goes on and on and on. But we haven't listened to God to say, what do you want to do? because that's where the power will be. And so many plans and programs come from our human wisdom and ideas, and they don't bear, they might be good in themselves, but they don't bear a huge amount of fruit. But something struck me that Father Pat said this morning. He said, when you're listening to the Father and you do what the Father tells you, everything you touch will become gold. You know, that really struck me when he said that, you know. So to really open up to the power and the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Let's just look back to the first Pentecost and see are we anything even like it. You can see the guys when Jesus ascended into heaven, they're standing on the hill or wherever they were and they're looking up and they're sad and forlorn and lost because Jesus, their power, their, the one that they walked with and followed has gone. And he had said to them, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes in you. But they didn't know what he meant. And, you know, they had walked and talked with Jesus. They'd seen him perform miracles. Um, you know, they had seen him raise the dead. They had heard the word of God taught to them from the lips of the living word himself. But that is not enough. Teaching is never enough. Power is needed. And they came back to the upper room and there were about 120 of them there because at the time Jewish law needed that number for the beginning of any new movement and they were there with Mary the mother of Jesus. And when the Spirit came upon them, in a totally, not the way they expected it, you know, in a totally unexpected way, you know, they were filled with exuberance. They were filled with joy. They were filled with power. The doors burst open. Out they went and proclaimed the word of God. These guys, you know, um, they began to pray without doubt. 
to act without fear, to tell cripples to stand up and walk. And they knew the power that was within. And I think God wants us to know, wherever you're sitting in this room, God wants you to know that the same power is within you. And it's by, you know, a surrender to the Lord and saying, here I am, Lord, you know, I can't do a thing by myself. Come and use me as you like, that the power begins to be released from within you. You know, and somebody, I think it was J.B. Phillips said, when you look in the Acts of the Apostles at the description of the early church, you know, these guys who had no money, they had no influence, they had no power in the ordinary sense of the world, and they stepped out boldly to win the world for God. And they knew the power they had. When they met the guy at the gate, beautiful, the cripple, they said to him, and can you imagine doing this? I can't because I haven't got enough faith, you know. They said to him, look at us. Silver and gold I have not, but what I have I give you. And this wasn't just for the beginning of the church, as some people will tell you. This is meant to be normal Christianity. We are, as Cardinal Sunan said, the abnormal ones. We're the abnormal ones, you know. And the spirit is so amazingly, amazingly powerful. Let me just say a few words. You, you would be able to say much more than I can, but just about the Holy Spirit. Because I just think, you know, what Jesus says in the scriptures is so wonderful. He uses the symbols of water, living, sparkling, bubbling water. He uses the symbol of wine and of the power of a strong wind. And um, the Holy Spirit really is the mighty, untamable power of God, you know. The, the wind that drove Jesus into the desert. Archbishop William Temple once said, the Holy Spirit wants to gather us up into his own power, out of our own petty orbit and into the, internal, the eternal purposes of the Almighty. But we water it down. Father Cantalamesa said, charismatic renewal, and I think this is so true, charismatic renewal has been stifled and sidetracked by those who, who tried to bring order and unity by their own control and power, not by the power of the Holy Spirit. And then he goes on, I hope I can remember this, he goes on to say something that I think is so powerful. He said, the danger is that we tame the renewal and that we tame the Holy Spirit himself because he says sinful man cannot stand the burning fire of the Holy Spirit. And so they put a shield around the fire and keep it at a distance. And a bushel is put down on the fire. And he said, the bushel is the multitude of human initiatives and plans that we come, come up with without listening for what the Holy Spirit really wants us to do, because that's where the power will be. And that's where people's lives will be touched. So Jesus spoke so beautifully of the Holy Spirit and described him like that. And I always think, you know, the Holy Spirit is so gentle and so sensitive, mm -hmm. you know, to how we're feeling, but also so powerful and uncontrollably wild. I often tell this story, and my friend Martin will have heard it a hundred times down there at the back, but it's such a beautiful story of the tenderness of the Holy Spirit. 
in years gone by when I was just starting off um, in the renewal, myself and a friend went to Dublin to Youth with a Mission, which were in a Good Shepherd convent. We'd never been at anything like this before. And funnily enough, when we were going to it, it was a really rainy day, so we took a taxi across Dublin to go to it. And it was called Youth with a Mission, and we were long past youth at this stage. But um, anyway, the taxi driver making conversation was saying, and where are you going? So we didn't know how to explain what a charismatic retreat was. So we just said something like, we're going to the Good Shepherd Convent and there's a sort of retreat on there. And he turned around and he looked at us and he said, are you a couple of late vocations? <laughs> so I felt, I felt like saying to him, less of the late, if you please. But anyway, we got there and they were all very young. We never met any of them in our lives. But my friend had read about Youth with a Mission in a book. And this was in coming up to Christmas and the previous July, I think it was, or August, her son, her 17-year-old son, had been drowned in a drowning accident in Lochrin outside Mohollin, County Leitrim. And she, of course, was very, very sad. But on the Saturday night, there was a priest there called Father Ed Wade. Uh, do you, do, some of you know him, yeah, yeah. And Father Ed on Saturday night said, we're going to pray for the power of the Holy Spirit to come. And I was new to renewal, so I sat with my back against the wall, very firmly placed. And she was sitting next to me, and the place was jam-packed. And it was so packed that there was a young guy, maybe a teenager, sitting on the window ledge and swinging his legs, and his knees were on a par with, with her shoulder, you know. And Father Ed just said, come. Holy Spirit, like that, nothing more. And he leant on the lectern and there was stillness. And I was sort of looking around because there was nothing happening. And then suddenly it was like a breath of air came into the room. And down on my left-hand side, a young guy began to cry. And over on my right-hand side, another girl stood up and she said, she just said to her dad who wasn't there, I'm forgiving you, dad, I'm forgiving you. The spirit was beginning to move in the room. And the next thing, this young guy, who did not know my friend from Adam, just leaned forward, put his hand on her shoulder, and he began to sing, Can a Mother Forget Her Baby? And the tears streamed down her face. And she said to me that she had cried all summer, but that these tears were healing tears. You know, that's how gentle and how absolutely beautiful the Holy Spirit is. But he's also absolutely powerful. He's the mighty, majestic power of God, the breath by which the whole universe is held in being, you know, and by which the, the dry bones of the army of Israel were raised into an army of life, you know just so powerful as well and he knows everything he's omniscient he knows even the depths of God he is everywhere where can I go from your spirit the psalmist says if I go to the depths you are there if I go to the heights you are there you know the Holy Spirit of God is all powerful in the prophet is it Zechariah or Zephaniah I think it's Zechariah you know not by power nor by might, but by my spirit, says the Lord. This is the power of the Holy Spirit. One way that I think we have um, diluted the power of the Holy Spirit, as I was saying, is not to rely on God, but to rely 
on ourselves. And you know the story of um, David and Goliath in the scriptures? You remember when David was only a small guy and Goliath was this huge giant. And the king at the time, Saul, thought it'll be a good idea to give him my armor. So he offered him his armor. And uh, David put the armor on, as you know, and he tried to walk in it and he couldn't walk in it because he wasn't used to walking in armor. And he took it off. And we know the end of the story because the power for David was not in the armor of the king. The power for David was in the spirit of the Lord. The power for you and I is in the spirit of the Lord. I really feel, oh, sorry, but I really feel that the Holy Spirit is saying, open your hearts, open your lives. Don't limit me. Don't think that all of this was for the beginning of the church because it wasn't. And you know, we live in a world that doesn't know Jesus anymore. They don't, many people die every day. They've never heard his name. And tomorrow I'll be talking about how important unity is to that. But also they need to see us moving in the love, the power, the mercy the gentleness of the Holy Spirit. They need to sit up and take notice and say, gosh, these Christians have got something different. Father Fio Mascarenas tells the story of um, in India some years ago now, maybe it's 25 years ago or more, that um, they went up north in India and many people were converted to Catholicism. And that was fine, but they all fell away because when things went wrong, they started going to the witch doctor because they knew they'd get a word or some sort of power there. But then the charismatic renewal sprang up in the area and a healing team was formed. And they went up north and they started to pray with the people up north. And the people started to say to one another, who is this Jesus who can do these things? Who is this Jesus that can do these things? Can they say that about us, you know? Can they say it about us? I really feel that God is saying, you know, believe. Like Father Pat said, greater things. I find this so hard to believe. I don't know about you. Greater things than I have done will you do also because I go to the Father. And Bishop Sam Jacobs always says, he says, you've been baptized in the, in, at, as an infant in water. You've been baptized in the Holy Spirit. But have you been baptized in fire? Have you been baptized in fire? And then he goes on to say, do we live in the box of other people's expectations or do we dream the dreams and see the visions of the Holy Spirit? Maybe this weekend we could just sit in the quiet somewhere and ask the Lord, like Father Pat said, to fill us with his ideas, what he wants us to do when we go out of here. That we haven't just come here for a holy holiday, it's that and it's beautiful, but that we actually have heard from the Lord and we're going to do something about it. You know, that we're going to do something about it. So thank you for taking the time to listen to these episodes. Our prayer is that as you listen and reflect on these teachings, that you'll be encouraged to continue your journey 
to maximise your potential to have a good and a happy life. So sign in again next week for more teaching on how you can follow the Jesus way to experience your life as filled with meaning, purpose and joy. So God bless and stay safe.